trying to keep things simple and how the information expertise business works, that's another example of how to do that. Welcome to Star of the Doubts. I'm your host, Jared Easley. Our guest today is David Solar. David, welcome to the show. Jared, thanks for having me. It's an honor. Now, David, there's going to be some people that are familiar with you because you have a lot of things that you've done in the past, a lot of really great podcasts featured in New and Noteworthy. And then, of course, uh, you're very niche down right now with a focus on firefighters. So if you'd be willing, just for a moment, just tell the listeners what you've been up to over the last year. I have a couple of online businesses that I do. One is at David J. Solar. I do this podcast called Relationship Marketing and Sales, where I talk about the power of building relationships and building your business online. And the second brand that I have is firefightertoolbox.com, which is all about building better firefighters and leaders in the fire service. And that's geared towards the up and coming firefighter and officer of how to take their skills to the next level in the fire service. David, one of the reasons I want to have you on the show is you and I met a year ago, right when I was starting my show, and I had tons of questions and tons of my own self-doubt. And through various times last year, you've just been such a huge source of encouragement to me. And you've always been able to take that mountain view, like you can look down and see the bigger picture of everything. And you just do a great job of explaining stuff. I wanted to have you on the show so we could talk through for the listeners who are interested in getting online, doing an online business, specifically information products. And you have talked about this in the past. And I, I think you do one of the best jobs that I've seen, that I've heard of explaining this stuff in a way that just makes sense. So if we could just take a few minutes, let's talk through for the new person who's getting started online and wants to get into information products. Can we walk through those processes or A to Z, so to speak? Sure. Well, first, thanks so much for the kind words. I appreciate it. Hopefully, I can live up to that today and deliver some value. So that's the first thing. Thank you so much for that. I appreciate your friendship. Now, to answer your question, how can we get in the game, let's say, on an information product? And one of the things that we need to do is understand who it is we're going to help and how we're going to help them. But there's the one key that we need to know is that there's always something that we've done. And if not, we can go out and do something that is going to be valuable to somebody else. So the first thing is understanding what it is that you're going to do, how you're going to do it, who you're helping, how you're serving them. But ultimately, there's two reasons that people are going to buy your product. Number one, you're going to eliminate their pain point or their problem. In other words, they have an issue, they just want to get it fixed. You're going to fix it for them. You're going to show them how to fix it. So that's one way. The other is that they are doing certain things good, but they want to do better. And so let's say, for example, they're an athlete and they're a basketball player and they're at their high game and they're getting a scholarship. Well, they're trying to now take their game to the next level. And so they're already kind of experts in their area, but they're trying to learn even more. So they're willing to get coaching and buy books and audios to find the tip or something that's going to help them take their game to the next level and make them even better than what they already are. Generally, the people in the middle of the crowd, they're all comfortable with what they are. They're kind of not big buyers with information products or things like that. So those are the key things. So we need to look at, if we're trying to get our foot in the game, what is it that we're passionate about that we would want to study and become knowledgeable about and then be able to teach other people how to do? So that would be the step one. Does that make sense? It does. Okay. So for example, I have uh, my brother, he's an expert dog trainer. He's a canine police officer in Maryland. And he went out, he's passionate about training dogs. He went and became an expert dog trainer. So right now he uh, is a career canine police officer. So that's his full-time day job. He loves it, but he also wants to provide extra income for his family. Well, how can he build his online business or how can he take that expertise and develop it into a product or a business? Well, one of the things you do is you build an online. We'll go into products, but you basically have a website, get a little domain name and things like that. But one of the things he can do is 
basically we sit down and we just interview him like Mike. His name's Michael Solar and he's at bluelinecanine.com. But what we can do here is say, Mike, what are we doing here? I just got a puppy. What's the first thing I need to do? And he tells me, I said, Mike, what's the second thing I need to do? And he tells me, and he said, Mike, what's the third thing? And what's the fourth thing? And what's the fifth thing? And then if I do these 10 things, will my dog be trained? Yes. What other problems I'm going to run into? And then over a sudden he'll say, okay, this is the stuff that could happen here. This is the stuff that could happen here. This is the stuff. And so now he lists all the problems that could happen with it. Okay. Well, what do we just do? We just wrote a program of how to train your dog on your own just by answering those questions. So now we sit down and we get an interview recorder, do a recorder, I interview him, and now we have a product. That's as simple as it can get on taking that expertise, that knowledge and building a product. Now you take that audio recording and you put it on a CD that most people can burn on their own computer. And you can sit there and see if somebody's interested. First, you can let other people listen to it and see how the quality is. But basically, you're going to see if they're interested in it, they'll be willing to buy it. But it could be as simple as doing something like that. And then you want to identify, well, who would be interested in that product? Well, the thought process would be anybody that's just buying a puppy. Well, where do you find those? Well, if you go to, you know, you start thinking about where would people go that are buying puppies? And so you start looking at a list of maybe some pet stores, some dog kennels or adoption agencies or however that stuff works or wherever people get dogs, breeders. And you say, hey, you know, can you work something out? You let me know who your new people are. Would you be willing to sell my product to your customers? Just take a listen to it. And so now you're starting to get connected. And this is what I call niching down, knowing what your niche is, who you're helping. So it's not to everybody. You just don't want to walk up and down your neighborhood and start knocking on a door. You want to start really focusing on who are the people that really you can help and serve and how to find them. And that's kind of one of the ways to do this. That makes sense? It does. Okay. So those are our two steps. Now, I'm trying to do it on an overall big picture to really kind of understand the simplicity of it and how it kind of works. But now let's say my brother goes and sells, he has that content, he finds some dog breeders and some kennels and some pet stores that's selling dogs and these folks listen to his tape and they're like, oh no, I'm doing this and I think I'm doing everything right, but I'd love to be able to call you and just troubleshoot something. Could you be available for an hour? Well, now that's a consulting business because now giving out my phone number for an, you know, and you take my time for an hour and I answer your questions. Well, now you charge X amount of dollars for that hour. That becomes a consulting business. And now you're letting people know, hey, if you ever have a problem with your dog in this situation, I'm an expert dog trainer. You just give me a call and you pay me by the hour and you can answer any questions you want. Let's say you're charging $100 an hour, but some people can't afford $100 an hour. Now you turn around and say you do a class. You say, okay, I'm going to cover everything I do in an eight-hour class, and I'm going to charge $100. So now you're going to get eight hours worth of time for only $100. But you have 10 people in the class. So those 10 people at $100 now becomes $1,000 paid to you. But individually, those folks are only paying $100. So they're getting more of a value, and they're willing to do that versus the one-on-one for $100. Does that make sense? It does. This is very helpful. Okay. So again, trying to keep things simple and how the information expertise business works, that's another example of how to do that. Now, let's say you have the event. After the event, someone says, okay, I did it. But now, is there a way that I can just call you once a week just to check in? Sure. There's what you call a coaching program. We're going to call and check in for 20 or 30 minutes, see how you're doing, answer any questions, talk to you in a couple of weeks, whether it's once a week or twice, once every other week or once a month, you'd set that schedule up. So people are paying just to have your expertise on hand to make a phone call or not. Now, all of a sudden, he's the expert dog trainer. Well, there's other avenues like speaking. And so now all of a sudden there's the pet store that's going to turn around and say, you know what, we're doing a big event and we'd love for you to come and talk to on Thursday nights for one hour. We're going to open it up and we'll pay you to come and talk to all the new people that bought a dog from us for the whole month as a free treat, as a bonus for buying the dog. We're going to offer them a free one hour lecture by you. So we'll pay you to come in and how many people show up based on bought dogs, you'll have that audience. Great. So now all of a sudden you get to go and be paid to go and speak. And that's kind of how the speaking business works a little bit. 
In addition, when you go and speak, you might say, hey, I have a book or I have my audio program. If you like what I said in the audio program, you may want to just go and buy my CD program. So you have eight hours worth of training that you can buy. And so now you're selling additional products from your speaking engagements. Does that make sense? Yeah, this is good. (laughs) So that's where we can really start honing down on what the information business. Now, let's say, for example, you're not sure what the business is. Oh, here's another good thing that other like-minded people want to be around other like-minded people. So other folks that are training their dog and they got the fever for the puppy and they just want to know other puppy dogs. They want to get together at the park with their puppies. So they would just like to be connected with other people. So by having a group, like a private Facebook group that you allow access to, through your community, that's valuable to people. So now you could say, hey, when you do my coaching program or you do this program, you get access to my private Facebook community, which is just the people that have bought my program. They have new puppies or they have new dogs and they're trying to train. You'll get to interact and ask questions to them and get to know them and do some you know, doggy outings and things like that because you get to connect and network. And that's really powerful when people can network together. And so that's another area of expertise in the expertise business that you can have value by selling your expertise. associating with others in your expertise and building community with that expertise. Now, here's another great thing. You're a dog trainer. Again, with this example, you're an expert dog trainer. Who are the other people, I call this your power team, that have the same type of customer? Well, for example, a veterinarian would have the same type of customer. Wouldn't they want to know if you just bought a puppy, they would pretty much have, you would need their services too, because you're going to have to go get some shots or vaccinations. I'm not an expert. I don't know all the stuff with dogs and everything, but whatever you need to go see a dog doctor for, they're the person that would do it. Or the pet store that wants to sell you the dog bedding and the dog food and things of that nature. Maybe doggy insurance. There's dog insurance and there's all these different dog magazines. And so all these different companies outside, they all have the same customer. And so what happens if you go to them and say, listen, let's put a product together. Let's do an interview where I'll interview the the veterinarian. I'll interview the pet store. I'll interview the pet magazine, the pet insurance person. And we'll take your expertise and we'll give it to you and I'll package it up in a, along with my dog training program and we'll put it all in there because if they're learning to train their puppy, they're going to need to know about all these other things. And you can now share with them and teach them a little bit, which is now going to build some loyalty and they're going to say, you know what? I need a dog, a veterinarian. Why don't I try you know, this veterinarian that gave me this free information or was included in Mike's program? So that's another way to build a power team of other people that have the same customers that you can exchange what they call referring each other back and forth, exchanging leads, but building value. Because again, if I really like this dog trainer and he's doing a really good job and treating me right and building credibility and giving me great value, and he's going to recommend another person that I need, like a veterinarian that's going to do the same type of service and value, I'd want that referral. That's going to help me from trying to sort through the tens and dozens of veterinarians in the area that I got to try and figure out who's a good value and who's not. So the fact that this other person I trust has a relationship that's going to add value to me and I'm going to be able to buy and go to that person. So that's another way in the expertise business to get other people involved in your business and to get more referrals and more business. So now, again, you go back to that veterinarian and say, listen, what about all the new puppies that come into your business? Maybe you can refer me as your dog trainer that you offer this program and we do a certain program. And now, you know, those people get invited to your class or buy your class or buy your book. And so that's how kind of the information expertise business starts generating a lot of steam and traction. It sounds interesting because you started out from somebody just getting some basic information about a puppy, but then the opportunities that could take place if they were to follow through with the things you suggested. So that's really interesting. 
So there's key things in a story that we want to break down as a business model. And like the first thing is knowing, again, your niche. I can have the best dog training equipment or the best dog training program. But if I go to cat owners, they have no interest in it. It doesn't matter how good it is. They're not going to buy it. And if I'm at the local grocery store trying to sell it and there's nobody there with dogs, I'm wasting my time. So it's understanding who is it that I help and how do I help them? If I'm a dog trainer, where do I find people that just bought dogs? That's like the first start to chart finding you know puppies and people that can use my services and then having a good product and then other people that can use my services and start building relationships out from there. Wow. Okay. So David, this is extremely helpful. All right. Now let's talk about a little bit about the firefighter stuff. So what are you working on right now with that community? So right now, everything, it's building better firefighters and leaders. We help firefighters take their skills to the next level. There's the traditional certification training, just like you go to college and get your degree. Firefighters have that. You have your hands-on training, which is practicing your skills and being proficient in your skills and staying proficient. And then there's a third thing that we feel we cover, which is the enhancement training, which is taking the new art and science, the as things evolve, building construction and the science of firefighting evolves. There's constantly new technology, new equipment hitting the marketplace. It's trying to learn and stay on the edge of that. And I, what it, we call having a pulse on the change of the skill of firefighting. And so we're constantly looking to interview some of the top experts in the fire service, some of the greatest firefighters, the chiefs, the heads of fire departments, and learning how they became and what they do and what they think a great firefighter is and what they think a great leader is. And so what I did is I've been interviewing, I probably have over 50 interviews of top people in the United States and in the country, actually in the world, these interviews plus my own experience. And so now what I'm doing is I'm taking that information and I'm boiling it down into the top 10 ways that a fireman can be great. What are the commonalities that everyone's saying that you need to do to be great? And one of them is to continue reading and continue studying, continually staying physically fit. And so when I boil those things down and I take you know all these hours of research and study and boil it down and write a book about it, it becomes very valuable. And so we're looking at putting a book together called uh, Firefighting from Good to Great. And my interviews stem from two questions. What does it take to be a great firefighter? And what does it take to be a great leader in the fire service? And asking these different from folks and getting all that information from them. And now I'm boiling it down into, this is the commonality I found. These are the steps that they have done. These are the steps that they look and emulate in other leaders and other great firemen, firefighters. And so this is how you can do it too, if you so choose. And so that would be a book that we're putting together based on all the podcasts and interviews and research that we've done. David, I've heard you talk about the different perspectives of an expert versus a reporter. Will you be willing to just talk about that for a moment? Sure. So in the expertise business or in the information business, there's three ways that you can build your value or build your products. So one is the actual expert, and that's sometimes the hardest one to do. In other words, you are the end-all, be-all. You are the expert. So you have all the answers. Now, most of us don't fit into that category, and that's sometimes the hardest one to break into. So when you're first starting out, what I would actually recommend you do is break into the other two. The other two is one is the reporter, and the other is the successful student category. So I'm going to give you an example of the reporter. The reporter goes out and does research, and then based on that research, they put together a how-to book or what they found in their research. So one of the most popular, successful reporter-type information marketers or information business owners or expertise persons was uh, Napoleon Hill, and he wrote the book called Think and Grow Rich. And if you haven't read that book, it's a great book for getting your business going and, and the mindset and, and the habits. And he, what Napoleon Hill did is he went out and interviewed the biggest business icons in American history and interviewed them on what it takes to have, be successful in business. And he narrowed it down to the you know, eight points or whatever it is and taught about those in the book. And so he never claimed that he was the icon. What he did was he went and researched and reported on what the icons, what these big 
business folks do and what you can do too. So if you follow them and do what they do, you can have the same success. A more modern example that is very famous is the Millionaire Next Door book, where those gentlemen went out and interviewed a bunch of millionaires and they had a certain criteria and they asked them so many questions and they did research on that and they put together what they found. And basically, if you go and read that book, they're not claiming they're the millionaire or they're the, but they're telling you this is what millionaires have in common. This is what they do. And if you study these habits and implement these habits, most likely you will have the same results. And so that is the form of a reporter. Now, coming back to what do you do from that? Well, all these gentlemen, even though they're reporters, they still get speaking. They still have courses. They still can do all these other things that I told you already earlier as the dog trainer, but they're coming from the reportings. This is what we found through our research, but this is if you use this stuff, you can get the same results as the experts that we interviewed. So that's the reporter style. The next one is the successful student. And this is another great one because a lot of times people can relate more with the student than the expert. And I'll give an example. Let's say, for example, Cliff Ravenscraft, like you and I went through Cliff Ravenscraft's A to Z course. And so Cliff is technically the expert. He's the one that's for years been studying podcasting and produced over a thousand podcasts and you know just astronomical numbers that he was doing. And he's phenomenal at it. And so he teaches his course how to podcast. And within 30 days, we went in and learned everything we needed to learn. It was a really intensive course. And then we had our podcast launched. Well, then from there, we turn around and start doing our own podcast. And someone like yourself who started Starved to Doubt, so you put it out there, and now you built a huge audience and became successful in your own right. Well, you can go and become the successful student story. So even though maybe two years ago, you never even did a podcast, now we're done, you're teaching people how to podcast or getting consulting work or writing books on how to podcast because you went, learned from the expert, and then you implemented it, which is key. And then you got the results that the expert was telling you you would get, which you have gotten. And then therefore, someone like yourself would be a great candidate for if you so choose to be successful student teacher. And so in my case, I can maybe do the same from the firefighter standpoint that I went and did a podcast and now I have a firefighter training podcast. In addition to marketing, when I have a firefighter training podcast that now turns around and we teach firefighters and it became successful and I get a lot of reviews and, and it's done really well. So now other firemen that or firefighters that want to do podcasting can come to me and want to know, hey, how did you do this? How'd you do that? And how do you do this? What equipment do you use? You know, how did you make your podcast sound this way? How do you get interviews? And all the questions that go into what makes a podcast successful. Now, you know, I get to teach and share with them. Now I'm not coming to them saying I'm an expert. I'm just telling them this is, I learned from Cliff. I did it. It worked. You can ask me questions and I can help you because chances are you might not have direct access to Cliff or you can't afford his course. So you may want to be willing to learn from me or consult with me on a smaller basis, if that makes sense. So your book is going to be coming out this year. And David, where can people go and stay connected with everything that you're doing online? Uh, yeah. So I'm at Twitter at, at underscore David J-S-O-L-E-R. You can definitely tweet me out there. And also on my website is davidjsolar.com. You can find me there and firefightertoolbox.com. And we also have our podcast for all those up and coming firefighters that want to learn. And we're going to be launching the Entrepreneur Firefighter pretty soon, which is all about teaching firefighters the business plan, all these different things to help launch their business, their podcast, their online business. So those are one of the, some of the products we have in, in store for the future. I love it. David, I really appreciate you taking time and just offering that perspective. And I'm sure this is going to resonate with everybody who listens to it. Best wishes to you and everything that you're doing. Do you have any final thoughts for the listeners? 
Yeah, the difference between panic and fear, especially from a firefighting perspective, one of the things that I found, especially for this show, Starve the Doubts, it's overcoming that fear. And that's the one thing I loved about your show, Jared, and what you're doing is that you're trying to help people and understand that, number one, we all have these fears that we've got to overcome. And the difference to knowing between panic and fear, and panic is that uncontrollable, we let fear get the best of us and we don't make progress. We have to embrace fear. Fear is a good emotion. Fear tells us, hey, hold up, hold up. Are you prepared? Something, we can get hurt here. That's all it's telling us. It's raising its hand, our emotional hand saying, wait a minute, we can get hurt here. Are we prepared? And so the question we need to go back is say, are we prepared? Have we done what we can? And then the secondly is, what's the worst thing that can happen? If I go out and do a podcast or I go out and write a book or I go out and ask somebody if they want to buy something, what's the worst thing that's going to happen? They're going to say no, or it's not going to work out. Okay, but I'm going to learn something. I'm going to learn what they want and I can go and do it again next time and get better. Now, if you're standing and you're at an airplane and you have that, either the door opens up and you go near the door and you're like, whoa, and you hear that same fear comes out. You got to be careful because you go out that door, you're going to die most likely because you don't have a parachute and you're going to go flying to your death. So there's a difference between understanding fear and then embracing it and moving through that fear. So all entrepreneurs go through this. Even Jamie Hardy wrote a great book called Eventual Millionaire, where she interviewed lots of millionaires in their businesses. And, and she talks a lot about it in her book, which was awesome and how to overcome that fear in the realm of business and knowing that. You know, if you focus on other people, this is my perspective on it. When you focus on other people and you're looking to just help other people, that fear goes away. So to really keep your focus on how can you help somebody, if you know something or you want to learn something, go and learn it, do the best you can, and then just focus on to help other people. And the fear goes away. And, you know, if people don't need your help, it's fine because you're just focused on helping them. It's like saying, if you want to tie your shoe, right? If you're going to go around saying, you know what, anybody that has a shoe untied today, I'm going to help tie their shoe. And you're looking around for people that have their shoe untied. And if they turn around and say, oh, you see someone with a shoe untied, you say, hey, sir, how you doing? I'd love to, I see your shoe untied. I'd like to tie your shoe. I'm here to serve you. And they say, no, I want my shoe untied. Okay, great. It's really not rejecting you. It's just saying that they want their shoe untied versus us generally and myself included. We start thinking, oh, they didn't want me. They don't like me. I don't tie the shoe right. Oh, this is no <laughs> good, right? And you start going down this woes me pattern and just saying, you know what? He just didn't want a shoe tied. I'm here to serve. No big deal. I'm going to find somebody else that needs their shoe tied. And we all have that skill or ability in one area of our life or another, or we can develop that skill or ability where we can help others and serve others in other areas. So that's what I would just encourage your audience, which I'm a part of your audience. And that's the thing that I've loved about your show and learning from a lot of others is to, again, just look to serve others. Wow, David, I want to like transcribe everything you said in this episode because this is so good. I really appreciate this. Again, thank you so much. And yeah, I think we're going to be testing some of these things that you've laid out for us. And I think it'd be fun to have you back on here in a couple months and can give us a grade on where we're at. How about that? That'd be awesome because I'm loving what you're doing. I think you're doing some great stuff and I'm glad to uh, see you growing and serving others. Keep up the great work. All right. Thanks again, David. have these fears that we've got to overcome. And the difference to knowing between panic and fear. And panic is that uncontrollable. We let fear get the best of us and we don't make progress. We have to embrace fear. Fear is a good emotion. Fear tells us, hey, hold up, hold up. Are you prepared? Something, we can get hurt here. That's all it's telling us. It's raising its hand, our emotional hand saying, wait a minute, we can get hurt here. Are we prepared? 